Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight, Father, because there's none other that we can go to. And in the next time that we spend here together, Father, I want to pray that you take every thought captive in the name of Jesus. Father, we've had each one busy days. We've got so many things, Lord, that can captivate your minds. But tonight, I want to bring the Word of God. And I pray, Lord, that you captivate your minds with the Word. Thy Word, Lord, is living. It is powerful. Sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts between bone and marrow, spirit and soul. And it is the discerner of the heart. Father, tonight as we, as I'm going to bring the word and only the word, I pray that you use the word to cut your hearts, Lord, and let your word not go out and return back void, but let it accomplish everything that it's purpose for, even in this night, Lord, in Jesus' name, Amen. So uh, I thought tonight I want to bring the word back, yeah? I'm, I'm going to use that one, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the Word, and the Word is powerful, and uh, we're going to work tonight in the Bible. So if you've got your Bible, we're going to work in the Bible, because I want to show you in the Bible, I want to take you to the Scripture verses. I can talk a lot of things, but it's only my words, and you don't want to just listen to me, do you? You want to hear what God has got to say. And, you know, when Brenda asked me to talk tonight, again, like Brother Oral say, every word in season and uh, I'm going to talk to you tonight about the will of God. Yeah, the will of God. And Brother uh, Wilson comes and he talks and he reads out of Philippians. And you will see how tonight's going to fit in. So I want you to open up your Bible in Romans chapter 12. And it's so wonderful you get all of these confirmations as you go through. When we started singing, we sing cry of my heart. It is the cry of my heart to follow Jesus. My question to you tonight is, is that truly your cry? Is it the cry of your heart to follow Jesus? It is the cry of my heart to be close to Him. Is that, is that, truly, is that truly your cry tonight? It is the cry of my heart to follow all the days of my life. Is that your cry? You sang it. Yes. You sang it, we all sang it, I sang it. I'm either one of two things, I mean it truthfully or I'm a hypocrite. It's either or, there's none. You're either a son of God or a son of disobedience. There ain't all, races doesn't exist for God. Let me just say it out loud. There is no races for God. It's either sons of disobedience and your father is the devil. It's the lie teller. And he is the operator of hypocrites. We say it as it is, brother, don't we? Amen. Or you're the child of God. Amen. You're the son of God. And uh, this is what we sang. You're either one, either all. Then I love this one. He says, teach me your holy ways, O Lord, so I can walk in your truth. Teach me your holy ways, O Lord, and make me wholly devoted to you. We all sang it. Whether you played an instrument on the beat of that, this is what you sang tonight. And I'm going to hold you to that. In fact, not me, the Holy Spirit is going to hold you to that. 
So we open up and I want to talk to you about the will of God. So if you work in your workplace for somebody and you start your work, you need to understand what is the will of that company for you. What do they want you to do? What is the will? If you want to please them and be profitable or anything, they need to teach you the job, isn't it? They say, I want you to do things this way. Now, if you walk in there and you do it another way, then you, you're not going to be there for long, are you? So they've got a will for you. And you fall into that will. When we've got children, we tell your children, this is what we want of you. There's expectancy. And children and people and Christians within a boundary are free. Strange or not, it's free. We looked, my wife looked after children, and if we set boundaries to not laws, there's a difference between boundaries and laws. If we set boundaries, what happens? They abide by it in Jesus' name. Yeah? Yeah. God is the same. God is the same. He's got a will for you. In fact, God has got a will. And if you become His child, there are certain things that He wills you to do. And there are certain ways that He wills you to do them. And now we all sing it. Teach us. Are you here tonight to, to be taught? Yes. Now I'm going to just read the Word of God now. Okay? Let's open up in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He says, I beseech you therefore, Paul speaking to the church in Rome, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, everybody say bodies, bodies. as a living sacrifice, everybody say living. living. You see, some people want to do it when they're dead. They go, oh, we're going to rejoice in heaven, Lord, when, no, no, when you're alive, a living sacrifice. A sacrifice is something that you put to be dead. Yeah, a sacrifice is something you give away. He says, give your body to living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable. Everybody say acceptable. <laughs> to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. There's a major difference between the two words, conformed and transformed. By the renewing of what? Your mind. Guess what happens when you get born again? You change your mind about your sin. That's what born again means. It's a changing of the mind. He says, by the transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the acceptable. Everybody say acceptable. <laughs> acceptable, perfect will of God. Have you noticed he uses the word acceptable twice in those verses? We're going to come back to that. Let me read the whole chapter. Because now he talks about spiritual gifts. He says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Proverbs 25, 27 says that uh, self-glorification is no glory at all. And we see that so many times, don't we? Self-glorification. Here comes Brother Wilson tonight. Didn't think he was going to use that scripture in the book of Philippians. And here we read the same thing. Yeah? How wonderful work the Holy Spirit. It is the will of God tonight, brother, that you brought that word out. Because that word was not on the heart of Brother Oral tonight. He can correct me if I'm wrong. You see, this is how the Spirit of God works. 
This is how He wills. And all we do as children of God, we obey the will of God. Amen. And one of those is, in, our, in, our, in His infinite plan for us, not for us as children of God to think one higher than another. I am not higher than anybody in this place. Nobody. I am not. And if I think so, then I'm missing the boat, as they say. I'm standing on a shoreline, the ship has cruised out of the harbor. All alone. And here it is. He says, rightly, he says, verse 4, For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. The word there for function is practice. The word there for practice is work. In the body of Christ, in the church, not everybody has got the same work. But you certainly have a work to do. As a child of God, as a Christian, you certainly have a work to do. You can't just sit there and say, I'm saved now and it's fine. I'm going to become a fat spiritual person. You've got a work to do. What is the work? It's for you to find out. It's for you to pray. It's for you to ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and to, to grow you up in the work. He says it here. He says, for we have many members and everyone do not have the same function. So we, verse 5, being many, are one in the body of Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy and in proportion to your faith. Prophecy, by the way, is opening up the revelation of the Word of God. It is not fortune-telling. It's not foretelling or forth-telling. Yes, if the Lord opens up a prophecy out of the Word of God, which is the prophecy of the Word of God, and the Lord lays it upon your heart and you prophesy about it, that prophecy will become true. Why? Because it's based on the rock and the foundation, Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah? So now he continues on. He says, prophecy. You see, you know, people want to prophesy. They want to, they want to speak in tongues. They want to do all of these things. But what about these gifts? What about these gifts? They are operating in the body. In the body. Seven, or ministry. The word there for ministry there is diakona. Diakona. That's where we find our word deacon from. Deacon, the work of a deacon. He says, Diakona, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches diasco, no, no, didasco. He who teaches, didasco is the teacher who teaches the oracles of God. It is Brother Wilson when he comes up here and he teaches that scripture. That's didasco. He, he operates in that office, in that work of a didasco. But there's also ministry of a deacon. It's so beautiful. It's like poetry to me. He says it right there. He says now, he says uh, to teach us in teaching. And he who exhorts, the Greek word there for exhorts is parakaleo. Parakaleo. Para means comes alongside and kaleo is to call out. That's <laughs> so wonderful. Parakaleo. You call them out. You know, when you come and you preach the word in spirit and truth, you call people's hearts out. You call them out. Jesus Christ, exactly the same word was used. 
when he called the disciples. Go and watch it in the Gospels. I checked it out. When he called the, the disciples, each one of them, the word there is parakaleo. It means that he called them out from amongst their lives to follow him. Each one of you, if you sit here tonight as a child of God, if you if you listen to me wherever this is going, if you proclaim to be a Christian, you were parakaleo by the Holy Spirit and by God. Amen. You were called out. That's exhortation. Exhortation. The word is so beautiful when it opens up. He says, he says, you exhort in exhortation, you gifts. This is literally by giving, you know, help to other people like, you know, food. In, in fact, the word here which is used is exactly the same word that's used in Luke chapter 3. In Luke chapter 3, when John the Baptist was baptizing, he, he, they came to him and said, what shall we do? He says to them, you who have two coats. You know, the word here, the word, let, let me get it, the word here is the word impart, impart. He says, here we impart. So if I've got money in my pocket and I see you struggle, I take this money and I impart it into your life. It's exactly the same word which is used in Luke chapter 3 when John the Baptist was there and they came and they said, what shall we do? And he says, if you've got two coats, I'm just saying coats. He says, if you've got two tunics, what do you do? Go and sell one on country and take the money and give them up. No, no. He says you impart that to him. And this is this is this ought to be in the church. This this ought to be us. It ought to be us. Remember, we're talking about the will of God here. And this is now a lifestyle. This is the gifts that God gave us to will his will. Now he says, in gifts liberally, he who leads. With diligence. So there is a gift of leading a group of people. There's a gift of being a pastor of a church. It's not only the pastor, by the way. It's not only the pastor. I, I, I put the word in there. But there's other leaders in the church who can take people and lead in the mosque. Did you know that that's a gift? Not all can be leaders. Not all can have this gift of leading. But he gave that gift. He says, with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. That's gifts. Okay, now, now he's going to tell us how to behave like a Christian. How do we behave? Verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another. Brother, does that feel like the scripture that you just read to us? In, yeah, yeah. You see, this is how the Holy Spirit works. He says, with a brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervently in the Spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope. Patiently in tribulation, continuing steadfast in prayer. Continue steadfast. Do you know what that word steadfast means? Yeah? It means continue and keep on keeping on. Steadfast. Steadfast. Don't be, become weary. He says continue on in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Giving to hospitality. Thank you. Thank you, brother, for your hospitality in your house. This is not from you. This is a gift. This is... This is how it shows. We're not honoring you, but we're honoring the gift that God has given you to do that. To be able to, to open up your house and to be a hospital. And by the way, by the way, if you come to church, okay, our church ought to be a place of hospitality. If a, if a stranger walks through the... Through, I'm not talking about love bombing. We're not going to fall him around the next because we want them to stay. If that's your heart, you've got the wrong idea. When people walk through the doors of your church, it's not your church, by the way, but if they walk through those doors, you need to 
This is, this is something. This is your lifestyle. You ought to show that stranger hospitality. And the first thing you do, <laughs> you, you know what is the first thing you can do in hospitality? Look at me. Look at me. Yes. How much did that cost you? Nothing. Smile. Be friendly. Honestly and sincerely walk over to that stranger and introduce yourself. My name is Wilson. How are you? How are you? That is that is it. That is that look, this is not this is not ifs and buts. This is musts. This is the lifestyle of a child. This is how you identify. This is how you identify. Listen. This is how you identify a child of God. If you have these lifestyles in their lives. And you know people like that. You know them. Uh, you should. You ought to be like that. He says. And then he says. Well, I've lost my place now. Look at 14. He says. Bless those who persecute you. Bless the, and do not curse. Oh we can learn much from that. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind to one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinions. Oh, can we learn from that? Help me, Lord. Repay no evil for evil. Have regard of good things in the sight of all men. If possible, listen now. If possible, as much as depends on the other person. No? On you. On you. You know, I've heard so many times people say, yeah, but they've done that and that and that to me. And I'll wait until they move. If, if, they, if they come towards me, then I'll... No, no, no. That's not dependable on you. He says, if possible, as much that depends upon you. What do you do? If it's upon it, live peaceably with all men. <laughs> Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it's written, vengeance is in mine. I will replace, says the Lord. Therefore... If your enemy is hungry, feed him, and if he's thirsty, give him a drink for in doing so you will heap uh, coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but over, uh, overcome evil with good. This is the will of God. Yeah? This is the will of God for you. God will me to will what He just told me there. And it is so wonderful and it is so beautiful that when we see this that God uses this now I want to uh, I want to show you something here about the will of God you see the Bible declare the will of God and it is for us to learn that will of God we need to learn the will of God go with me to Psalm 143 verse 10 <coughs> Psalm 143 verse 10. And I think you're going to love this psalm. And I know why you're going to love it. Because we sang it. Isn't it? We sang the song. So everybody here tonight know what I'm going to talk about now. He says there in Psalm 143 verse 10. What is the first word? First two words. Teach my wife. Teach my husband. Teach my children. No, no, he says, teach me to what? To listen to your will. You know, to do your will, for you are my God, your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. 
He says, teach me to do your will. This tells me something about the will of God. That the will of God need to be taught. It's not something that's just going to happen. You need to understand the will of God. You need to learn the will of God. You need to study what is the will of God. It's similar to your workplace. If you go to your workplace, it's not as if you walk in there the first day and they say, right, okay, there you go. You've got to ride this tram, get in the tram. You see, there's the brake, there's the lever, off you go. Is that what they do? No, no, they need to teach you and train you what they want you to do. And God is the same. It is the same with us. God needs to teach us how we ought to do this. The will of God can and must be taught in churches. Turn with me to Psalm 25, verse 4. Psalm 25, verse 4. Only the words. I'm just going to share with you scriptures right now. And I love it. I love it. In the church you see me putting all the scriptures there, isn't it? All the scriptures. I love it when I hear the Bible. We need to go into our Bibles. So first of all, we understand that we can learn the will of God. Each one in this place, if you call yourself a child of God, need to go on your knees and you need to pray like the psalmist prayer and say, teach me to do your will. I read to you in, in, in Romans all of the gifts and I read to you the life of a Christian, didn't I? But you see, it's not just going to happen. You need to be taught how. Psalm 25 verse 4. Look at this now. He says... Um, he says, show me your ways. With what do you see when you show? With your eyes, with the eye gate. You see, you need to see. You need to see. He says, show me your ways, O Lord. You see, when he says, show me your ways, here, it comes from a Hebrew word which means your course of life. Show me, show me the course of life that I need to walk in. This is what he says. Show me what it is. Show me how it looks. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. Everybody say truth. Truth. And teach me. So there's two words here which is really critical to understand. Truth and teach. This is how you ought to read your Bible. Truth and teach. So he says, he says the psalmist say, I need to go into a course of my life. I need to walk in that way. But now he goes and he says now, I want you to show me, to teach me in your truth. He says, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. I wait on the Lord. I wait on the Lord. Now, that word truth was really intriguing to me because where do we find the truth of God? Right here. Right here. But you're going to say, wait a minute, preacher, you are saying it. No, no. It's not me saying it. It's Jesus who says that. Go with me now to John 17. John 17. So we see that we need to be taught the will of God. And now he uses the word truth and teach in the same sentence. And now we need to find, but where can we find this truth? I mean, if you go into the world today, there's a lot of people who believe they have the truth. Isn't that right? They believe I've got the truth and you need to follow me because I've got the truth. And you've got so many people running so all over the world. But it still comes back to two, sons of God and sons of disobedience. Yeah. And it's amazing how sometimes the sons of God follow the sons of disobedience as truth. But let me not start on that. Now, let's go to John 17 verse 7. 
See, see 17 verse 17. See what he says here. Look at verse 16. He says, They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. He's talking about Christians here. Now, in fact, if you look at John 17, it's the high priestly prayer. It's amazing how people, when they want to teach people prayer, they go to the Our Father. I never teach people that prayer. You, you might be shocked. When I talk about prayer, I come to the high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ. It's John 17. There's three things he prays about here in this. Go and study. First of all, he prays for himself. He prays in the first part for himself. Then he prays for his disciples who were with him that day. And then thirdly, he prays for who? For us. That's the truth. When I teach people prayer, I teach them John 17. But now, let me just come back in context. God's will. He's got his disciples with him and he says to the Father, pray for his disciples who were with him that day. He says, they are not of the world like I am not of the world. In other words, they're going to get persecuted like I am. Now in verse 17 he says, sanctify. You see that word? What does it mean? What does the word sanctify mean? Set apart. He says, these men set them apart. He says, uh, set them, sanctify them by your, this is our word, truth. Remember in Psalm 25, teach the truth. Yeah? Teach and truth. And here we find the truth. Now, what is the truth? Jesus says in the next words, your word is true. So, so the word do two things here. One, it sets us apart. If you go to John, if he writes in the letters there, he says the world don't understand our message. I paraphrase here. He says they don't understand our message because they are not of us and from us. They can't understand our word. Why? Because we are set apart by the word, the truth. This is, if you want to learn the will of God, right here is the will of God. It sets it apart and it shows us the way it is so powerful. So, so what will are we talking about? If we talk about a will, let's just go a little bit in teaching there, okay? Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 29. I want to give you two wills here. Because people get confused when they start talking about the will of God. You know, what is the will of God? God, what is your will? Is it for my life? Is it for this country? Or what's going on here? I want to share with you a beautiful scripture verse. One of my most favorite scripture verses in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Okay? What will are we talking about? You find two, generally two wills that God is referring to. In Deuteronomy 29, 29, he says, The secret things belongs to the Lord our God. You see that? The secret things belongs to the Lord our God. But those things, but brother oral means sharp contrast. Okay. The Latin word here for secret things is Deus obscanditos. You know what Deus obscanditos means? It means it is there is a veil. Okay? And behind the veil is the secret things of God. But they're obscure from us. Dios obscanitos. That's the Latin. It means I can't see it now. Some of those things in the book of Revelation, the, 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 the veil is lifted for us so that we can peek underneath and see through. But we can't see all. 
Because the secret things belong to God. The problem here is that mankind wants to see those secret things and they dabble in the spiritual realm and they got burnt. It's not our place. There's secret things of God which for you and for me will stay secret until we die. Yeah? yeah. The Dios of Scamitos. He says, the secret things of God belong to our God. But... Those things which are revealed to us and our children forever that we may do all these things. The word here in Latin is the Dios Revelatos. That's the word, Revelatos, Dios Revelatos. That's where you've got that curtain lifted up and you can see bits and pieces. But listen to me clearly tonight. If you want to start seeing those things that's revealed, where are you going to find them? <laughs> it's coming back to one place. If you don't love the Word of God, sorry. It's going to be secret to you. You won't see it, others will. But here is the two things here. And we find that, that you know, if you, you now there's two worlds here. Now, let, listen to me now. There's one, the secret things of God are decretive will of God. Hold on to this now. What is a decree? If there's a king, and the king comes and he says, this is my decree, it goes out into all the land, what will happen? Every single person who's under that king must do what the decree is. Nobody can change it. Only the king can change that decree. So this is the secret things of God. The Dios of Scanditos, which you and I don't know. And whether we jump, whether we fall down on the ground and have a tantrum, whether we do whatever we want to do, we will not be able to change the decrees of God. There are certain things in life that's going to happen whether you like it or not. That's the decretive will of God. And it is not my place to lie on my face and to pray until I'm blue in the face to try to find out what is the decretive wills of God. I just have to live my life out as every day happens, as every week happens, as every month happens, as every year happens. Something happened. The world says, where was God in all of this? Well, I know where God is. He's right in the middle of that. But He decreed all of these things from before the world was created that it is going to happen. The Dios of Scamitos. That's not the world that I'm learning here from the Bible. But there's a second one. There's a second one which is touching everybody. That's the preceptive will of God. You get the decretive will of God and the preceptive will of God. What is a preceptive will of God? A precept upon precept upon precept. Guess what? The law, which is in the Bible, is precepts from God. Where do you find the will of God? In the law. God gave that nation law. Why? So that they can know how they ought to live according to the will of God. Now, by far, Jesus came and He fulfilled that law. So that we don't have to sit here now with a book and tick them off. I'm not living under the law where I've got to now go, Oh, I'm doing this, I'm not... I, Jesus Christ took it all in Him and in His grace and mercy I fulfilled them. But it does not mean that you can break them. Let's throw that in. This is a caveat, okay? But here we go. Everybody's still with me. Yes. Two worlds. 
Okay, decreed the will of God, receive the will of God. Deus obscanditos, Deus revelatos. He will reveal to you the perceptive will of God through the word of God. But did you know that you will find joy, joy, when you find the will of God? Yes, it is there. Go with me to Psalm 40. Psalm 40 verse 8. Listen now to, to the psalmist. I'm going to read from verse 6. He says, sacrifice and offerings you did not desire. You see, there's certain people who still want to sacrifice and offer. They still want to hold the, the law by the letter. No, the law is killing. And Jesus even comes here and he says, even the sacrifices and the offerings. He says, that's not the desire. You, you missed the point. That's in fact what he's trying to tell them there. Now, he says, my ears you have opened, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, behold, I came in the scroll of the book. What is that? What is that? It's your Bible. He says, he says, it right there. He says, then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, oh my God. There's a delight to do the will of God. There's a delight to do the will of God. There is a delight to do the will of God. I get so many people, they come to me and say, Oh, but I'm enjoying life and I, I don't want to become so serious and follow Christ. There's more fun things to do. And once I finish all those fun things, then I will come to God. I say, I delight to do the will of God. Because... I was on that side for a short time in my life before I was saved. And now I'm on this side that I must tell you now. The delight is so much more and beautiful over here. Yeah. You can have your fire over there. I'll sit in this fire. Yeah. <laughs> you can have that crowd and have that company where they swear and do whatever. I'll sit with this crowd. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. There is a delight to do your will, O oh my God. And your law is within what? My heart. What is the law? In the Old Testament, it was that. What is the law today for us? The Word of God. And He is the Word. He is Logos. Isn't it so beautiful? Go with me to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26. Verse 39. Is it too much scripture tonight? Oh, no. Matthew 26, 39. Look at this now. Um, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, I find Jesus found joy in the will of God. But he also found peace in the will of God. So there's one, there's joy, and what's the other one? Peace. Peace. On a night, if I would honestly tell you, I can't even phantom in my mind to compare what Jesus went through that night. I wouldn't be able to make it. I would have an anxiety attack, honestly. You look at me, you know, this big dude, man. You know, I would be in, in a fetal position on the ground if these things had happened to me. I would be really losing my mind. But Jesus went in there and listened to this conversation now. He says... In verse 38, my soul is exceedingly sorrow even to death. Stay here and watch with me to his disciples. When he went a little bit further and fell on his face and prayed and saying, Oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as your will. You see, 
Jesus said it himself in John 5.30. He says, I don't seek my own will, but I seek the will of the Father. That's what he said. What are you seeking? What are you seeking tonight? Are you seeking your will or the Father's will? Jesus, who's our example, he found peace that night. He was going to go to the cross after that. He said, he said in that sorrowful night, he said, not, he said, I don't want to eat, I want to, don't drink that cup, Lord. But I've got peace in to know that I'm going to do your will, God. I'm going to do your will, Father. So, so the will of God brings joy and it brings peace. It brings peace that will surpass all understanding. But there's critical lessons that we need to learn from. Need to learn. And by the way, this is a huge topic. I can start preaching a whole, whole series in church about this. It is so, and, and we need to hear this. Go back with me to Romans 12 now. Remember when you said those two words, acceptable. You remember that? Yeah. There's a lesson in that. You see, there's a critical lesson we need to learn. This is one of the keys of the will of God. Okay? So there's two kinds of people. Sons of disobedience, sons of obedience. Sons of God. But here is the key for the sons of God to listen. Listen now, if you struggle with the will of God to this. You look at verse 1. The word acceptable there is associated to what? Sacrifice. The word acceptable in verse 1 is associated with sacrifice. And the word acceptable in verse 2 is associated with what? The will of God. The will of God. Look at it very closely. There will never be submission to the will of God if there is no sacrifice. I'm pausing because I want you to think about that. There will never be a submission to the will of God if there is not a sacrifice. You have to sacrifice this lifestyle, this body, before you will come to the will of God. Where does it start? It starts when you come to the cross and you submit your life and the Lord save your soul. But that's not where it only stops. Now your walk starts with the Lord. And it's a daily sacrifice. It's a daily sacrifice. Father, what is your will? Now, now one of the things, if you want to come into the preceptive will of God, uh, there's a golden key for me. Everything I do, I do because I want to please God. If you take that motto on, you're on the right track. Because if I now come into something and I go, I want to please God, but I need to sacrifice something in my life to be able to please God, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Sacrifice before the will of God. You will not, listen to me again, there will never be a submission to the will of God if there is no sacrifice of the body and life to God. Yes? Go over with me to Ephesians chapter 2. We're all over the Bible today, isn't it, Brother Fabian? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verse 10. Um, I'm going to read from verse 8. He says, For by grace you have been saved. Everybody say, Praise the Lord. Praise For the Lord. by grace. I thank the Lord, it's not by law. I thank the Lord, it's by grace. Okay? He says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. That's not of yourself, it is there. Give of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
which is which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Sacrifice will bring you to the will of God, the preceptive will of God, and you are His workmanship. The, listen to me now. The moment you sacrifice, it's not a work you do. The moment you come to and I want to be pleasing to God every day of my life, what happens? He is the workman in your life, Wilson, in my life. He starts working in you. He starts working in you. He starts working in you. Yesterday I did a thing and today I look at it and I go, that wasn't pleasing to God because today I'm not doing it anymore. What has happened? He worked in you. He is the workman in your life. But there's another key and then we will finish tonight. I just love the Word of God, isn't it? It's so free. Go with me to John 7, verse 17. John 7. We're going back. We're going back in the Bible. John 7. Now look at this now. Um, we're going to read from verse 16. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, yeah? But he's who sent me. The word there for doctrine means a code of belief. Okay, what is your code of belief? I'll tell you what my code of belief is. It's everything that's written between these pages. That is, that is what Jesus taught us. Every single thing which Paul wrote is what God teaches us. Jesus taught it to, to Paul. Paul wrote it in the Bible. It's the word of God he teaches us. That's doctrine. It's a code of belief. It's what you believe. And Jesus comes and he, he explains to these men. He says... My doctrine, the code of belief, is not mine, but his who sent me. Look now, verse 17. If anyone wills to do his will, I love it how he writes it here. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak of my own authority. What is Jesus saying? What is he saying there? This is a key. Like the other keys, there's, they need to be sacrificed before the will of God. Here is another key. And the key here is, is to knowing God's will is to be willing to do God's will. That is what it is. Let, let, me, let me read it again. If anyone wills to do his will, you will not be able to do God's will if you don't will to do God's will. And you can't will it out of yourself. You need the Holy Spirit to will it in you. Hallelujah. I love it. It's beautiful. It's picture. It's beautiful. You see, knowledge here comes from a willing heart. And this is why he throws the word doctrine in there. Let me read it again now I explain it. He says, my doctrine is not mine, but it's him who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will... He shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or from me. So what is he saying? I've heard it, and I think I said it on Sunday when I preached. You know, I've had a young man who said, and again I heard it this week. A young man who says, I don't get it, but I've already read through the Bible. And I still don't get it. Well, I want to suggest, mm, you're a liar. You haven't read through the Bible. Because this is the doctrine of God. And if you read through the doctrine of God, and you will, because... To will his will, then you will be able to walk in his will. There's a lot of wills in that sentence, yeah. isn't there? <laughs> it's so beautiful. I love it. I love it. Look, a few more. A few more verses. Ephesians 6 verse 6. And then we'll go to Hebrews, I think. And then we'll pray. Ephesians 6. Now, I love this one as well. Because it's so beautiful. In verse 5 it says... 
bond servants, be obedient to those who are masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart, as to Christ. Now look at verse 6. Not with eye service as men pleases, but as bond servants. Have I explained to you what a bond servant is? A bond servant, back in those days, they had servants who were a servant, and every time they complained about the master, because the master chained them, not physically, but you know, the master is their, is their control and they, they want to run away from the master, but they can't. Back in the days, they can't. If you run away from the master, they either kill you or they stone you or they throw you in a dungeon. So, and a lot of people against their will work for their masters. But a bond servant is somebody who comes and work under that master out of his own free will. This is why Jesus calls himself a bond servant, what Brother Wilson read earlier on. He came out of his own free. He wasn't forced to come. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw in here. He says, Not with eye service as men pleases, but as a bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from where? From the heart. You see, where does your will come from? From your heart. You're from your heart. If you, if you decide in your mind, and you and you do with your heart. That's where your will comes from. He says you need to live this world. Romans chapter twelve. I know I've said a lot of things tonight, but if you want to do that, what's going to happen? He says you need to do it from that. Now let's finish with a great verse. Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse twenty-one. Hebrews thirteen twenty-one. Have we learned something tonight? Yes. Praise the Lord. To him the glory. And I think this is uh, rather uh, Aaron's verse. I think he reads it to us every time, isn't it? We finish or, or something similar. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, you should say hallelujah right now. Because if it's not for that, we are wasting our time here, honestly. If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, he says, now may the God of who? Of peace. Do you want God's peace? Yes. Start walking in His will. He says, May the Lord of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, hallelujah. I love this verse. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant, we've had it all in this verse, make you complete in every good work to do to do do One more time. Two. Now let me read it again. He says, make you complete. Mm. That means that when you start, if you are not complete. And I'm still by far not complete. I say, Lord, I still need to become complete. I'm his workmanship. Remember that verse. He says, may you complete, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you. What is the well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And before I say Amen, before I say Amen, remember this. It comes up in this verse again. What is the golden rule for everything you do from here on? Every single thing you do, you say, Lord, is this going to be pleasing to you? If you do that, you're on the right track to walk in the will of God. You will have joy. And you will have peace. And again, we are talking here about the preceptive will of God. Remember that. The preceptive will of God. 
and I let me read it because I want to say that word amen with, you know, I want to end with a good amen, yeah? Let me read it here one more time. Make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight. O oh Lord, that we can become well-pleasing in Your sight. Through Jesus Christ, you can't do it through any other name under the sun but Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your teaching tonight out of your word. And Father, I want to pray and say thank you, Lord, that you give us a guidance. We can learn your will. Help us to learn your will, Father. We don't want to learn your will with any prerequisites, Father. We want to learn your will because we love you. That is why we want to learn your will. And Father, if we want to, if we will to will to follow your will, Father, we know that the blessings out of that will be joy which surpasses all understanding and peace, Father, which is so wonderful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. That's the word for tonight.